On today's Intelligent Money Minute, I'll interview Christine Benz, wife, author, and director of personal finance at Morningstar on what rising interest rates mean for a retiree. Welcome to Intelligent Money Minute, a mercifully short podcast that may save you time and money. Your host, Hans Blake, is a CFA charter holder and CPA who has spent his entire career helping people minimize financial stress to maximize their lives. After managing $350 million and working with high net worth individuals around the world, he founded Intelligent Investing. Time is money, so invest in every minute. Here is your host, Hans Blake. Welcome back, Christine, to another episode of Intelligent Money Minute. We're so glad you could join us today. Hans, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. Okay, so the first question I have for you, Christine, obviously a lot has happened recently, but one of the big talking points is the Fed. And coming off of zero to raising interest rates, surprise, surprise, it's here. And, you know, as a retiree who has now shut off their income faucet, the nest egg becomes a big, a big focal point for them. And they've, you know, what else are they going to do but turn on the news at night and see Fed's going to raise rates? And they might be thinking, well, I think I have a lot of fixed income in my portfolio. And they might start panicking. So what does rising interest rates mean for a retirement portfolio? Is it as scary as it might seem when you hear these headlines about the Fed raising rates and they're targeting multiple rates this year, or rate hikes this year? So can you calm us down as investors who are trying to be intelligent about their portfolio? Sure. And I do, I get the consternation. It, it has caused problems for bond prices. And just as a reminder, when we see interest rates go up, that depresses bond prices. And the reason is pretty intuitive that investors say, well, if I know that these higher yields will be coming online, if the Fed is going to be in re- increasing interest rates, that means there'll be new bonds available with higher yields attached to them. That hurts the prices of already existing bonds that are paying lower interest rates. So that's why we have that inverse relationship. And we have seen repercussions for bond funds, especially because bond funds have to tally up their prices every day. And when the bond prices are getting pushed down by higher yields, that has caused losses in some bond funds. So nearly every other bond, nearly every bond fund category had losses in the first quarter of 2022. The losses varied though by bond type. So mm-hmm. shorter term bonds held up better, longer term bonds got hit the worst, and longer term high quality bonds tend to be hit the hardest in these environments because what determines their price is very much the interest rate sensitivity of the bonds. We know the credit quality is established, so that is not a big influence. The direction of interest rates and the interest rate sensitivity of a the bond is the big determinant of how its price performs. Yeah. And those, so we did, those longer term bonds have those higher durations and therefore exactly. are hit, hit the hardest in these times. And should we just abandon them? Well, probably not. Although I would say that 
do investors need to hold long-term bonds? Maybe not, unless they're using some sort of a laddered approach to a portfolio. Mm -hmm. One thing we see when we look at which assets provide the best diversification for stocks historically, intermediate term and long-term treasury bonds have in fact been kind of the best equity ballast. So if you're looking for something that has the potential to hold its value or maybe even gain a little bit Mm -hmm. in periods of equity market losses, treasury bonds, intermediate term and long term have historically shown pretty well from that standpoint. The first quarter of 2022, though, was a little bit anomalous in that we saw stocks falling and these bond types falling at the very same time. So it's been something that we haven't seen for a while, but it was certainly on display in the first quarter. But I do think that investors should continue to make room for high quality bonds in their portfolio. They probably don't need to be all the way into long duration bonds, but intermediate term, I think makes sense as kind Mm -hmm. of your core fixed income. I think I read in the first quarter, one article, I think in the Wall Street Journal about how almost like get out of bonds because rising rates are going to hurt them. And then the next week, another article came out and it said, well, Russia's invaded Ukraine. People have flooded to the treasuries and the, uh, the low risk assets. And I thought that right there is why people need to have patience and a, a set investor policy statement that they can stick to and not abandon the ballast. Because I think a lot of times it's so easy to kind of look at it and go, well, the math says that we should probably get out of this. And then they forget that there's another reason why people flee to that for safety, you know, risk on, risk off. So I think you have to just be really smart and remember that diversification does not work every time. It works over time. And you have to just remember that principle. Totally. And one thing I think about is if you have bond funds in your portfolio, and I happen to think that that's the way that most individual investors should approach owning bonds. Remember to kind of match the interest rate sensitivity of the bond fund to your anticipated holding period. So if you have a time horizon of say five to eight years, I think intermediate term bond funds, which are kind of the core funds that most investors own in terms of their bond exposure, those are totally fine. But Mm -hmm. if you have a shorter time horizon, if you've Mm -hmm. got to, you know, make a tuition payment next year, or you're planning to pay off your mortgage next year, whatever it is, don't be in intermediate term bonds. Mm -hmm. You may want to be in short term bonds, you may want to be in cash. I think it's super important to be thoughtful about the types of bonds you hold based on your anticipated spending horizon. That's a great point about liquidity. Looking at the liquidity of a client and finding out when do you need this money back? For sure, not in Bitcoin, uh, if you're gonna need it back in three years and maybe not 20 years, but we'll, we'll defer on that. As Christine mentioned, be mindful of your liquidity needs and your time horizons. At Intelligent Investing, when we develop a portfolio for a client, we keep these two constraints in mind, as well as other factors such as tax location and risk tolerance. If you are wondering what kinds of risks are in your current portfolio, or where there may be an unforeseen risk that you're not aware of, consider contacting us for a complimentary call or coffee. If it makes sense, we may perform a complimentary portfolio review for you so you can get an idea of the types and current risk in your portfolio. Simply visit investedwithyou.com and click on the Get Started button to schedule a complimentary call or coffee with us. Once again, that's investedwithyou.com 
and click on Get Started. If you'd like to become a client or learn more about intelligent investing, please call 864-679-0500 or visit investedwithyou.com. Remember, time is money, so invest in every minute. Thanks for listening. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide and should not be relied on for tax, legal or accounting advice. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.